Amen. Amen. I love it. I, I, I proposed this to the first service that we would just invite KK back in here uh, during this preaching time and they could all teach us the, the, the songs and the movements, right? Is that cool? No? All right. <laughs> no, I love that. And uh, my name's Patrick, as Jordan mentioned. And uh, man, I served in kids' ministry and student ministry for almost 18 years and loved every hour of it. I love kids. Even right now, if I knew there was a student ministry service going on right now, I would ditch y'all to go to that. Okay, sorry. But uh, I'm just here because God called me to be, but I really want to be with the students right now. So, uh, no, nah, anyway, good to, ha- good to see a bunch of students this morning. Uh, but I love uh, the next gen. You know, remember this, our kids are our greatest investment. So what you did this past week and all the work you've poured into it, not just the staff, but the volunteers, man, that is incredible. So I commend you. Uh, I'm excited. I love summertime. Uh, my kids... Uh, are actually leaving for summer camp. Got one of our one of my students. He's he just came back from a summer camp. Got my kids about to leave for another camp. I love camp. This will be the first year I'm actually not going to a summer camp. So uh, pray for me. Uh, you know, my, my, I'm, I'm gonna have a hard time. Cat's already found me a few times in the corner, like sucking my thumb, like having some issues. But uh, no, just kidding. But seriously, I, I love this summer time. It's a time to just really. Stop regular life and for students, stop regular life and really engage in God's word. So I encourage you, students, man, uh, get involved, get involved with your church and use this time off from school or classes, uh, even if you're in college, and man, engage with the ministry here. Uh, and, and I know you're going to love it. So uh, let me uh, start this timer so I can be uh, mindful of you guys. But hey, man, it's such a privilege to be here. Uh, you know, the first time I was invited, I want to say thank you to Pastor Brandon. And, you know, even, uh, even a first date, you can make a mistake, right? You know, like, I won't, probably won't go out with him again, you know, right? You know, but, uh, but y- y'all invited me back for a second date. So, all right, so that's good. That's, I- I'm kind of encouraged about that. No, I'm joking. Over the next few weeks, you'll get to hear all the Connection Network pastors uh, and those who uh, are planting churches or have planted churches. And so I'm excited for you. I- I'm going to be tuning in online over the next month or so and listening to those messages. And I appreciate as I said, Brandon kicking off summer at Connection last week, and uh, we're going to continue in that in that in, in that line in Psalms 126. Psalms 126, and Psalms that big portion of text right in the middle of your Bible. Just kind of grab both sides and open it, and you're going to hit Psalms somewhere. But go to 126, and I want to talk for just a moment about grab your bag, grab your bag, and uh, and I have some props up here. I I love the food, and I'm glad it's up here as well. Uh, add some flavor to the stage, literally. Uh, but, uh, but I want to just illustrate this through uh, the baggage I brought up here. And this represents kind of what we think we need, right? What we think we need, all of our stuff. I just took this bad boy to Thailand with the missions team out of Savannah. And I came back and I had about nine pairs of clothes I never touched, right? Because when you're packing, you think you need all this stuff. And I never even got into half of my my luggage. So this is kind of represents that. And this next one here obviously is, is food. And that's what we need. So what we think we need and then what we actually need, right? Uh, and then this next bag uh, is what we want. Because let's be honest, um, there's probably very little nutritional value in here. Um, but uh, this bag will represent kind of just things in life that we want, things in life maybe we work a little extra overtime for or just to get our kids this or that or a little extra stuff on Christmas morning. That's what that will represent. And uh, 
I got to guard those because Fruit Loops um, are awesome. But uh, and then this right here, obviously, uh, the Word of God, and I want this to represent what we have, what we actually have, because we have the Word of God, right? We know we have it. We know its promises are true. And this bag holding uh, my other Bible will represent the bag that we know we have. Okay, and so that's what that, these are for, and we'll, we'll get to that more in a minute. But I want you to see that what we have is God's truth, and that's the bag we should grab. Why? Because God's Word is faithful, it's fruitful, and it's final, right? God's Word is our final authority. We don't need a new one. We don't have, need to throw it away and write something better. No, it covers every area of life that pertains to godliness and living for the Lord it's got it right here, right? And I want you to know that. I want students to know that. I want my children to know that. And so that's what I want to just, for a moment, uh, the opportunities I have today, I want to uh, preach about how every Christ follower should be a witness, should be a witness and share the gospel because of the impact that the gospel has had on us, right? And so every church can make kingdom impact by truly uh, sharing the gospel. You're thinking, Patrick, where'd you come up with that? That's pretty original. Yeah, absolutely. The the thing that has been impacting our world for 2,000 years is the thing that we still need to do, and that is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. If we, if we as a church can really embrace that, Embrace that telling this story to our classmates, our friends, our coworkers, our family. If we really embrace that, then we can truly make kingdom, kingdom impact. Excuse me. Kingdom impact. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. When I said share the gospel, you felt the same anxiety that I feel. Maybe you felt that same tension like, Patrick, you don't know me. Uh, it's easy for you to say, you're, 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 you're on the stage, you kind of got Christians to say it to, but where I go, it's hard, or where I go, no one listens, or where I go, they don't know I'm like that, or they don't know I go to church, and, and there's a tension there, and rightfully so, it's, it's hard, okay? But I want to, today, my goal today is to simplify sharing the gospel in such a way, not that it's easy, you didn't hear me say that, it's not easy, it's very difficult. Uh, you'll, you'll add a few more nicknames to your, uh, your, your resume by sharing the gospel. Let me just tell you that. You're going to have people make fun of you. You're going to have people pick on you. You're going to have people argue with you and go against you. But I'm going to tell you this. You'll have so many more people respect you and listen to you because, unfortunately, in a world where the gospel is so prevalent, where we've heard Jesus everywhere, where I, me, myself, just in the 40-minute ride from my house, passed probably 15 churches. It's the greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told. And so I want to encourage you that to share the gospel. You don't have to know all the verses. Although in my disciple groups, I tell the guys, one of the best ways to share the gospel is just memorize the verses and repeat them. That's, I do that a lot. I, I'm not that smart, so I just... I just say what the, the disciples said, right? I just say what the Bible says. And so, so, so thank God for the Bible. But, but, but I want to help simplify that and encourage you uh, to, to share the gospel in your context. Don't, just because we're on summer break, don't take the summer off following Jesus. Amen? And so, so I want to I do that. And so as we get ready to jump in, open your Bibles. I, I think I said this, Psalms 126. Psalms 126, I believe we can have kingdom impact. I believe That's why I'm here today. I'm here today because we're planting a church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. I want you to pray for us. 
Uh, you can follow ConnectionRH.com or follow us online. And uh, you can online you can sign up for our newsletter, keep up with us, uh, what's happening every month. I want you to pray for us. I'll be out at Next Steps afterward. Love to shake your hand. I got three phone numbers last service, just people they knew that was near Richmond Hill. They said, here, call my friend here or call so-and-so. They're looking for a church. That's huge, man. That's so cool. And so, so I'll be out at Next Steps. You can catch me out there. We'd love to talk. I hope you get a chance to meet some of my team. They'll be out there. We had some, uh, uh, some families here earlier and then now some more families uh, with us. So I'd love for you to meet them. They have been awesome, uh, become more than a team, more uh, their family. And so I love them, and, uh, and I'm so thankful my family, and, 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 and they're all here. Um, but, uh, but, but I can't wait to tell you about more about that. I wish I could take the whole time and just talk about what we've been doing in the excitement. But why are we planting a church in Rich Mill? Because the gospel still works, right? Not because I don't have anything better to do. Not because I'm not skilled at some other trade, right? God called me into this. I, you know, y'all have an awesome pastor. He's very handy. He, he could go be a great mechanic. He could go be a good construct. He could run a crew. He could be an engineer. He could go and do whatever he needs to do. Be a coach. He could, but he pours itself into this ministry. Why? Because the gospel still is making impacts across our world. Man, it's amazing. We, we just, and I know Jordan has probably shared some of this, but coming back from Turkey and we came back from Thailand, talking to people who literally have never heard of the name of Jesus. Like they think this book is like some sacred book that was lost hundreds of years ago and no one ever has a copy. Like that's, that's what one person told us. And we have so many on our shelves, and yet there's people that are thirsty and dry, and they'd love to hear about the good news. And no one's going to tell them, or very few are. And so I want to encourage you guys to share your faith. And let's look at it right here out of Psalm 126. I love this psalm. This is actually uh, what most, most of us, uh, uh, most Bible scholars, not me, but most Bible scholars believe this, this was Ezra or one of his cohorts that have came out of the captivity. So Israel was taken captive. God uh, used it as a judgment to show them, to turn them back to him. And so David came and won all the battles he won. Solomon came and set up a great kingdom, built a massive uh, temple that people from, uh, from, from Asia all the way over to Spain, all the way down in mid-Africa, traveled for, for months and months and years to hear the wisdom of Solomon, to see the grand grand plaza and to see the temple mount, to see his house and to see everything, the golden walls and the massive zoo of animals and tigers and elephants, everything that he had brought there to, to worship the God and to bring glory to God's name. And for years, people came to see that and to witness that. God removed his hand of blessing and allowed a hand of judgment to come in. And now they've been in captivity, just as prophesied and foretold by Isaiah. And now they've went off to captivity. And just once again, it's prophesied by Isaiah that, that God would raise up a king to give, bring them freedom. Who'd he raise up? Cyrus the Great. And he rose up Cyrus the Great. He was godless. He didn't know God. He didn't know the Lord to our not historical knowledge. We don't think he was a Christian or a godfather. But God used him to take, just release the children of Israel to go back to their homeland. Think about that. If you're like me, that encourages me because when I feel like I'm losing control or I live in a world that has already lost control, it reminds me of a God who's entirely in control. Amen? And so even in Israel's bondage, even in their lowest point in the historical data that we have for Israel, God was working and in total control. 
And so he brings the children of Israel back, and now they arrive. Zerubbabel had already left a few years before, and they begin constructing another temple, and, and they're seeing this, and they're writing this song as a praise, as a thanksgiving to God. And so let's pick up right here in Psalm 126. I love it. It says, verse 1, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. Maybe your verse says, uh, return the captivity of Zion. That's the same. It just means he, he brought them out of captivity. We were like those who dream. Our mouths were filled with laughter then and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The heathen nations, they said that. The Lord had done great things for us. Amen. We were joyful. It goes to say, restore our fortunes, Lord, like water courses in an agave. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Though one goes along weeping, carrying the bag of seed. Amen. It says he will surely come back with shouts of joy, carrying his sheaves with him. Or bearing his sheaves. Let's pray together. Father, I... I want to be careful as I prayed in the first service, Lord, to ask you to help us with this text. Lord, not that um, uh, I would ever dare want to preach by myself, God. This is, this is not a man-made thing. You ordained preaching and you ordained the teaching of your word and you told us to do it. You command us to do it and we don't want to do it alone. So I ask you to fill me, give us the words to say, but also, Lord Jesus, this is a re this is much as a, as, a, as, a, as a reception as well. And so, God, give this, the, the hearer's ears, to hear what your Holy Spirit says. So everybody in these chairs, everybody in the sound of my voice, everybody online, I, I pray that they would hear exactly what your Spirit is telling them and that they would do the work that you're calling them to do because, Father, it is a blessed work, and we're so grateful that you allow us to do it. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So let's look at this. So, so how can we be a witness? How can we share the gospel, make the kingdom impact that God would have us to make? Well, I think it just starts with asking some questions, and we'll find that right here in the text. Number one, what does salvation mean to you, right? What does salvation mean to you? What, what does it mean to me? And let, let's read right here, verse one. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. So what the psalmist is saying is like, it's like we could not believe it was a reality. Like we, it's like we kept having to pinch ourselves. You know, like, is this real? Is this really happening? We're, we're finally home. And so we see an uncomprehending reality. Like uncomprehending. They, they got saved. They got brought out of bondage so much so that they could not comprehend that this was actually real. It's like, I can't believe we're, we're here. We're back in our homeland. We're, we're back in, in Zion. We're back on all the stories that our parents and grandparents have told us in Babylon. And we get to see it. We get to experience it. And, 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 and can you imagine as they walked up, and though Zerubbabel's temple was not as glorious as Solomon's, they probably walked up and they saw it. And they were like, man, that's where the, 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 the prophets of old used to preach. And, and that's where the kings slayed nations and, 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 and took all their enemies' heads and held them up high and victory and, and they probably thought of all the, the, the stories they had heard and they got to be there where it happened. Man, can you imagine how they feel that they could not really comprehend that it was actually happening? Have you ever gotten there with your salvation? I mean, I mean, think about this. I, I think we hear it so much that we get spoiled, but, but can, can, I mean, think about this. 
There is Jesus, the gospel. Like God, our sins, paying everyone life. I like the way Greg Steer put it there. I mean, like, like the only hope, Jesus Christ coming back, God in flesh, fully incarnate. I mean, came back sinless, lived a life, taught us what he taught us, laid down his life, died for you, died for me as the perfect payment of sin. Jesus was glorified through it. The Bible says in prophecy, it says that it pleased him to bruise him. God was pleased that he bruised his own son. That's how much he loved you. That's how much he loved me. Like that is the gospel, our salvation. And he rose again. He conquered death, hell, and the grave that we might be saved. That if anybody comes to him, he will no wise cast out. He'll receive them. Think about that. There's that. And there's eternal punishment forever. That's it. And and see, God don't even send us to eternity. He doesn't want us to go there, but that is our options. And so when we think about that salvation is even possible, I I love uh, how D.L. Moody put it. He he was talking to some guys and he said, a lot of people spend their times, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm I'm misquoting him, but he says, a lot of people are are, are talking about how uh, there's there's only one way to salvation and they they don't understand why there would only be one way. He said, we should all feel this. We're surprised there's any way, right? There's any way. Like we should be taken back that there's 